You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. I told you these next couple weeks are a little different for me. I've been at Steelers minicamp the last two days, broadcasting for three hours a day as they practice right next to us. Super cool. Um, but we were still able to get Mark Schofield on just a few hours later. And we will get to him here in a moment. I've got a handful of things I want to buzz through around the league right now. But I wanted you to, th- just real quick, I want you to make sure that you're checking out the new Himalaya podcast podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On NFL for me, if you would. So make sure you check that Himalaya podcast app out. Mark, what's shaking, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, buddy. Always a pleasure to be with you. We're getting into that time of year where it's just, you know, dribs and drabs of new stuff to talk Mm -hmm. about, but we do what we can here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, and I'll be honest. Like, I mentioned that from 10 to 1 every day, check it out on Steeler Nation Radio, my my co-host and I, Dale Lawley, are are sitting there, you know, on live live, live radio and we're not allowed to talk about anything that happens on the field. You know, it's just yeah. like an NFL rule. So it can't be like, wow, great catch by James Washington, who does look good, by the way. Um, so it can be a little difficult to come up with things to talk about for these next couple of weeks. But as I was sit- as we were sitting there chatting, Dale turned to me and said, all right, Matt, every year teams come from nowhere. There's always a worst to first. Let's talk about the AFC and the NFC the four teams in each conference that finished in fourth place. And I wanted to see what, who do you think of that group could go worst to first. So Dale and I are talking and we're going through it and realize that might be a little steep, but let's talk about these teams in terms of which of the four in each conference could have a winning record or maybe sneak into the wild card. And the four teams in the AFC are the Jets, the Bengals, the Jags, and the Raiders. So as I was sitting there chatting with Dale, I'm like, I'm excited to ask Mark this question. Yeah, this this is a fascinating one. Mark. And I think out of the AFC, the two teams that come to mind first would be Jacksonville and Oakland. Ooh. And you look at Jacksonville Good, I'm not really and – Okay. okay. <laughs> That's I mean, better. Let me make the case for Jacksonville first. All right, please do. They were basically a quarterback away two years ago from going to the Super Bowl. They got conservative at the end of that AFC championship game. They took their foot off the gas. There's that incredible moment where in the locker room at Lincoln Financial Field, Doug Peterson is watching the end of that AFC championship game. He's just sitting there thinking, look, Jacksonville got scared. They played scared. They played conservative. They took the foot off the gas. They were afraid about Blake Bortles making mistakes. And they choked at the end of that game. They let New England back into it. And then last year, look, their offense was bad. Their point differential was minus 71. But, you know, they, they allowed 316 points, which is the same number of points that the Houston Texans allowed who won the AFC South. And so their defense is still largely intact. They add Nick Foles, so they're going to get, while he can be hot and cold and spotty at times, probably better production at the quarterback position than we saw from Blake Bortles. And yes, you know, Indianapolis, Indy looks great. You know, Tennessee, if Mariota could stay healthy, looks good. Houston with Sean Watson, they could still be good too. But I think Jacksonville is at least going to be a better team than they were last year at 5 and 11. Now with Oakland. Well, let's stick on Jacksonville. Well, do you want to go? Okay. I want to yeah. battle it out with you a little bit on Jacksonville. Right. 
I can't deny that they're the team of this group that's had the most success, high level of success, the most recent. They were a Final Four team one year ago, basically. However, I thought they were a very overrated squad. I mean, they think they won 10 games that year. They had the easiest schedule in the league. The offense, even on that team, to me, was very mediocre, and I'm being kind. And last year, and I mentioned this, I did the play power ranks on Monday, Mark, and on, I, I used the Football Outsiders metrics for games lost. And there's two teams that's really interesting last year. The Jags, and even more so Washington, were unbelievably healthy on defense, unbelievably injured on offense. So I look at the Jags' D and I say, yeah, it's really good. But is it going to be extremely healthy and extremely strong for three years in a row? Maybe. I mean, they added Allen. I didn't see that coming. Maybe, but it better be. I'm not a Foles believer. I look at the offense and think, okay, it probably will be healthier. I'll concede that. But I don't think it's a a good passing game at all. I still think they're a five, six win type of team that goes through Fournette, and I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, the Fournette aspect to this is a strike against them. The other thing to remember is, look, you know, it, where it's May, strength of schedule doesn't count for much because mm-hmm. teams change so much from year to year. But if you do look at strength of schedule, they have one of the toughest schedules in the league next year. I mean, I interestingly enough, their division is tough. Ed, you know, this is one of those things I wish I had looked up before I answered this question. I know, I threw you right on the spot, and, and it's no, certainly easier to bash these teams than defend them because they're all losers. Three, you know, their combined you know, 2018 win percentage of their opponents is 531, and Oakland has the toughest schedule at 539. Okay. And, and so my argument is kind of undercut by that aspect to it. But I think, look, we all know the importance of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Number one. We also know that Blake Bortles was not the answer, number two. And so I think Bortles will get them better. Is he one or two wins better or Foles four to five? Better. You said Bortles better. by accident. Foles. Yeah, yeah. Foles yeah, will make course. them better. Yeah. Is it a one to two win difference or a four to five win difference? Maybe it is more the one to two win difference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I mean, could you make a case for Cincinnati? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, all, I think these, all these are hard to make cases. For New them. York, the Jets, hard to make a case for them. I mean, I'll say about Oakland, if you think that the Chiefs will take a step back because of some of the losses they've had, what we expect perhaps from losing Tyreek Hill for some period of time, we anticipate that happening. I know Goodell talked about that today. Maybe the Chargers aren't a 12-4 and four team. Are the Broncos going to be that much better than the 6-10? and 10? I don't know. So maybe Oakland wins some more games. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could get themselves to 500. I mean, I think Jacksonville, Oakland are the two teams you can make the best case for, but all four of these teams do look to be a bit away from, you know, truly contending to win a division or go beyond that. Yeah, I would be more in Oakland's camp than Jacksonville's because I do think, even with no talent, that Gruden started to look like get a hold of the wheel of the ship at the end of the season and get Carr on track, and now you throw Brown and all these dudes around them. I think their talent level increased much more than most of these other teams. I think the Jets would be my pick, though. And some of really? that is maybe a leap of faith for Gase. And not to win the division because your Patriots are in the division, but to maybe get the 9-7 and seven and be that sixth wildcard team that probably doesn't belong but gets in anyway. I just loved what I saw from Darnold at the end of the year. And, yeah. I mean, that that's big to me. I think they have now 
four real playmakers on defense, including Quinnen and Mosley and Adams and the other Williams. You know, I mean, like, they got some guys. They certainly have weaknesses. And I guess my leap of faith a little bit's with Adam Gaso because here's my best case for the Jets. The Miami Dolphins, who everyone thinks are tanking and are going to be the worst team in the league and are horrible and will never win a game, they won seven games with Adam Gase with basically the same roster that everyone's talking right. about. You know, I mean, he got some bad teams into the playoffs two years ago and seven, eight wins. This is a better roster than he's had in Miami in the same division. It is. So, you know, the Jets would get those two games against the Dolphins. They get the mm-hmm. two games against the Bills. You can see them, if not running the table there, winning three out of four. And their schedule is a fairly favorable schedule. I mean, their road games at Detroit, we're all wondering about the Lions. At Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland looks good, but it's still Cleveland. At Jacksonville, who may or may not be good, at Chicago, and then at Miami, at Tennessee, at Buffalo, and they end the season at the Patriots. That's not a tough road There's some wins there, yeah, right. There's some wins there. Then, you know, you're going to get some favorable games at home. You're going to get the Broncos at home. You know, so you're going to have to play at altitude. You get the Packers at home late in the season. You get Houston at home late in the season. I'm... You know, you're talking me into the Jets here. Again, not winning the division, but I could see them getting to 9-7 and seven out of this. And mm-hmm. that look, the AFC, that might be enough to sneak into a wild card spot. Yeah, right. I mean, and again, I'm throwing you right under the bus here to get your instant reaction because I was in those shoes a couple hours ago, and it just brought on a lot of good talk. There's no right answer. I mean, none of right. these teams might. They may all end up in last place again. Yeah. They all get to play a last place schedule. That's helpful, I guess, for two games. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Mark, the Giants, the Lions, the Bucks, and the Cardinals are the NFC teams. Take a kick them around in your noodle for a little bit. And I am going to tell everyone about our friends at Blue Chew. So, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you absolutely know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Folks, I don't know about you, but I always thought that take a pill and make an appointment for an hour down the road just doesn't really fit for me. I I like the chewable aspect of this much better. Um... Now, folks, this isn't just for guys that cannot perform. It's for any of you out there that wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue True is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no awkward in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, I mean, just overall, there's no awkwardness whatsoever. Made in the USA, and since Blue True prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper, they are cheaper than a pharmacy, so, here's what you guys have to do. Even if you don't think you need the product, trust me, you'll be happy if you do. Got a special deal just for all you listeners. BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Free. Use our special promo code Locked On, all one word. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Mark. So, you know the four teams that were in the the cellar in the NFC. And again, it's easier to bash it, it's easier to be the prosecuting attorney than it is the defender here for any of these teams, obviously. They're all on their, you know, have a, a tough climb to the top. 
But who do you think has a chance to have a successful or potential playoff season out of the Giants, Lions, Bucks, Arizona? You know, I like referencing movies from time to time, whether right. it's on shows, whether it's in articles and stuff like that. And one of the movies I love to reference is Top Gun. Look, I'm an 80s kid. Nice. I love Top Gun. That that scene in the beginning where, you know, they, they go up against the Megs and then, you know, Cougar freaks out. And then the Admiral brings Tom Cruise and Anthony Michaels, Anthony Edwards, excuse me, into his office. And he's like... Telling him they're going to Top Gun. He's like, I can't believe I'm about to do this. I got to give you your dream shot. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I can't believe I'm about to defend the New York Giants. After we <laughs> spent so much time this draft and yeah. otherwise, like crushing Gettleman, ripping Gettleman. Why are you trading Odell? Why are you drafting Daniel Jones at six? Why are you drafting perhaps a two-down shade nose tackle at 17? But – there might be a method to the madness. They seem to have solidified the offensive line, the Remmers deal, getting Zeitler. You got Hernandez and Solder from last year. Those additions, they might have an offensive line. They might have some weapons that will work with what Pat Schumer wants to do offensively. Defense, still a question mark, I think. But with the game that they seem to be putting together on the offensive side of the ball, and then when you look around the NFC East, there are question marks in Washington. There's question marks. If, look, Philly's roster is great top to bottom, but if Wentz stays healthy, that's a question mark. It could Dallas, certainly derail them, no doubt. Dallas, look, you know, they look good on paper, but we've seen Prescott have some highs and some lows. There's an opportunity where New York could sneak into, again, that 9-10 win type position. And who knows what they could be playing for. That's obviously best case scenario. But I think Detroit, still question marks there. Tampa Bay, it, it all comes down to Winston and Tampa Bay. Is he going to be good or not? Is he going to take that leap onto Arians or not? If he does, you can make the case that, look, that's the team, but that's a tough division. And then Arizona, I think they're still a year or two away. I like what they're putting together around Kyler Murray, but the Rams still look look to be good. Seattle is going to be good, I think, with Russell Wilson. The 49ers, if they get a full season of Garoppolo, could be good. I'll make the case for the, the Giants, strangely enough. Okay, and it was a good case. I, can we both agree that Arizona is probably the least of these eight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, they'll be interesting to watch. I can't wait to watch Kyler Murray. I wish they were on hard knocks, but I think they're going to be the longest shot to... Get yep. in the postseason of, the, of these eight. It sounds like you and I agree on the Lions. Like, I think most of our listeners would say, hey, the Lions are respectable. They're decent. Second-year coach. They got a quarterback. They should be able to run the ball. I'm not that impressed. Yeah, I mean, I like the Hawkinson pick in a sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, Galladay looks to be like he's emerging like a nice wide receiver. Stafford still has the arm. He can still make some throws. But, you know, the addition of Trey Flowers, yeah, it could work. I mean... I think they're a little bit old in the secondary. You know, Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, they're good players, but I still think you can make some plays against this secondary. they got to figure out the linebacker spot. So I, I do think that there's work to be done. And that is a division that, you know, if LaFleur plans out, Green Bay could be good. If Minnesota gets, you know, better production from Cousins, they could be good. The Bears still have that defense. That's a tough division. That, to me, was my biggest thing against the Lions. Was I'm not yeah. that impressed in a in a vacuum I think their defense still has four or five holes. I'm not sold on Patricia, but I think the Packers will be back in a big way. I don't know that Rodgers was healthy, and I think their defense is vastly improved. Def this that division's is a, tough. This is a completely random thing, though. I'm doing a series over Locked on Pats, like revisiting mm -hmm. week by week. That week three loss by New England at Detroit, 
Was that the biggest sort of what the what kind of result last year? Or was it the Buffalo win at Minnesota? Because those two games, like, you're thinking about them now. It's like, where did those come from? Yeah, it was Bill doing (laughs) Patricia a favor or something. Like, hey, you need this more than I do. Let's just. Yeah, I mean, Patricia's first win as a head coach. It's a Sunday night game. And we're just wondering. And that's when New England fell to one and two. And everybody's like, the sky is falling. Yeah, that is interesting. You forget some of those moments. It does sound like it seems so long ago. Of these eight teams, not necessarily these four, though, I had Tampa the highest on my power really? ranks. Yes. I think they're a pretty good team. I hate the division they're in, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I, are they going to beat the Saints? Are they going to beat the Falcons? I don't think so. But I think Arians and maybe even more so Bulls should really yeah. make both those sides of the ball more respectable. And I'm, I am a Winston believer. I mean, Howard and Evans and Godwin. I mean, like, they got guys. I think Tampa's pretty good. I don't know that they can be a wild card, but if there was a round-robin 18 tournament of all the fourth-place teams, I would take the box. Yeah, I mean, I, you still like the weapons. Even though they lose Humphreys, mm-hmm. uh, I think Mike Evans is obviously a great receiver. With Braden Howard, they can do a ton of 12 personnel stuff and get some mismatches with those tight ends. Ndamukong Sue is going to be a nice piece for them. I mean, you put him next to Vita Vey, that's yeah, a pretty right. good interior. You get Jason Pierre-Paul on the edge. Although, I mean, I guess we'd have to wonder about his availability because of the, yeah, the recent car accident. So yeah, you'll but, wonder about that. But you know, D- Devin White and Levante David, those are two athletic linebackers. You can see sort of a two or even a big nickel Shaquille Barrett. They could do some things defensively, and that gets to the Bulls point you made. It's like we just talked about, like we just did with the Jets. You're talking me into the team here at Tampa Bay. See, I'm impressed. See, I've had a little more time to prepare, though. I I'm impressed about with my way your home. lawyer and skills right now, my friend. You're talking <laughs> me into both of these teams. Yeah, and I also think Bowles will dow up blitzing. It'll be a yeah. much less static of an environment on defense. They've drafted a ton of corners the last two years. Somebody's got a hit, right? I mean, they went three three defensive backs in the second on, on day two. I mean, Bunton, you know, it was a nice addition for them. Mm-hmm. Mike Edwards at the safety, then Dean, the other corner. I mean, like you said, somebody's got a hit. They go, you know, Vernon Hargraves in the first, Carlton Davis in the second last year. They got a hit on one of these defensive backs. I got to think, and I got to think White and David are going to be like a Keekly Thomas That's, Davis. That should be a good yeah. linebacking unit. Yeah. Um, Giants talk real quick. I think you, you posed a pretty good case for them. And honestly, I think their offense is going to be pretty good. You're like, I can have, I'll take fantasy players off the Giants. I just worry about the defense. Yeah. I mean, that is the huge question mark for them because, again, the offense does seem to be coming together for all the grief we're given, Gettleman and company. But defensively, they got holes. They got holes up front. Mm -hmm. You know, they got holes on the second level. They got holes in the secondary. You know, they lose the safety there. So you wonder about, yeah, Jabril Peppers looks great on paper, but. How are they going to use him? Maybe they won't play him 35 yards off the ball like Greg Williams did. But still, is he going to be enough to cover the rest of the holes? I don't think so. So they're going to give up points. And the question will be, will they score enough to win games? Maybe that's the issue with them. They're not going to score enough points to you know, win some of these shootouts they might be playing in. Yeah, I just don't know if they're ready to be the Chiefs in shootout mode. You know what I mean? Right. The, the offense looks good, but I don't know they can cover for the D. And I think Dallas is pretty good, and I think Philly's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, all these like have the that case, climb. 
Yeah, I mean, the case for the Giants is, in essence, a case against the health of Carson Wentz and the stability of Dak Prescott. Because if Prescott has a season like he's had before, and if Wentz stays healthy, the Giants probably aren't winning that many games or contended in that division. Folks, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate. Like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Mark, let's wrap this show up here with the final segment. A couple other topics bouncing around the league. We kind of talked about Sue. I think that's an upgrade. I definitely think that his alignment versatility is something Bowles will use more than McCoy can offer. Yeah, I think so, too, because, you know, when when you're talking about McCoy, I mean, he was a nose, tilted nose kind of guy. And, yeah, you know, you can do some things with that. But, you know, when you get when you're talking about Sue, I mean, you can see him at one. You can see him at three. You can see him at four, even at five at times. Yeah. I mean, you can move him around. And and with Vita Vey, who is more of that traditional nose type guy, it's going to let you play some odd fronts, let you play some even fronts. You know, you can even go tight fronts and things like that with a three man front with some of the guys that they have. And so it's going to give balls some different things you can dial up up front. And so I think it's a nice addition. And they need Look, they needed somebody. When we talked about, you know, who they might draft. You know, I talked about they might go defensive tackle if the board fell the way it could have possibly fallen. And so, you know, Adam Sue, I think, is a great addition for them. You know, he brings some chippiness that maybe this defense needs. You know, they're going to be young in a sense with Devin White and some of the young guys we were talking about in the secondary. Maybe they need sort of a veteran-type guy that can bring some edge to them. As for McCoy, I threw out five or six landing spots, and then one of the things I did was who has cap space, who might be interested but just look at it through Patriot eyes for a minute. I mean, do you think he could be a fit in a situation like that? That, hey, come try to win a ring. You haven't had a lot of wins under your belt in Tampa. We'll use you situationally. Let's not ask you to do too much at this stage of your career. Just seems like a Patriot-type approach. I mean, to me, if I'm McCoy, that's a situation I'm looking for from the player. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would be the pitch. Um, you know, a similar team would be Indy. I mean, and obviously I the them Colts. Too. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously aren't the, the Colts, you know, aren't a team coming off a Super Bowl win or anything like that. But they're coming off a playoff run. They have a ton of cap space. They've got a defense that could use a leader type guy, somebody on the inside as well. So I think, yeah, I mean, everybody, when McCoy became available, obviously we see this anytime a veteran comes available. It's like, oh, well, New England, right? Well, I mean, that could make some sense, but I also think it would make some sense, too. The thing with New England right now, though, is, you know, they add Mike Pennell. They just brought Danny Shelton back. You know, they've got Lawrence Guide, Adam Butler on the interior as well. You know, maybe there's a spot for McCoy. It's just, I think the roster numbers game might work in Indy's favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the Colts were a team I thought would should certainly kick the tires. But with the same sales pitch, we're not going to use you a ton of snaps. Yeah, we're pretty good. You're getting 20 you know, right. snaps. Like, yeah. we'll keep you fresh. You know, down the stretch, we might play a little bit more dependent. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to be counting on down in and down out. Yeah, extend your career, maybe get right. a win, see the postseason, those type yeah. of things. Last name I want to bring up to you, and we have not talked any of next year's draft class, but. How familiar are you with Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon? And can you just give us a tiny snapshot on him? Are, are we getting into anonymous scout season already? <laughs> I because right I, I, I saw the same thing you saw. He's aloof. He's slow. And it's like, 
man, it's May. Are we already going to start it on this? Right. And I understand, look, you know, Matt Miller at Bleach Report was the one that reported that out, that stuff that he's being told. And look, you get Matt's told right. something like that. Yeah. You're certainly going to talk about it. And so I get it. But it's just like, man, we're already doing this. But at the same time, I like him. You know, I, I think he shows a very good understanding of leverage in the secondary. I did a couple of pieces on him um, over at Matt Waldman's site, breaking down, you know, a two-minute drill he had late in the half of one game where he's making basically back shoulder throws like 40, 45 yards down the field because he sees the corner playing inside. I think he's making a good job sort of developing that anticipation type throw stuff that you need to develop as a college quarterback. You watch his game against Stanford. He had a couple of great anticipation throws in that game. The velocity, the arm strength. Do yourself a favor, gentle listeners. Pull up the fourth down post route he threw against Bowling Green in their season opener. Mm. I swear to God, Matt, he throws it 45 yards on an absolute rope, split into wow. defenders at the back of the end zone. That was one of those plays where you're like, all right, you, you could check off the arm talent question here with this kid. And I think if he came out, he was probably QB2 in this draft behind Kyler Murray. I think – and the sort of Roto world piece that talked about this report on him said he might've been the best quarterback in the draft, if not probably the second quarterback. And I think a lot of people feel that way about him. He's got an opportunity now in what, you know, people expect to be a, a very good quarterback class with two and some other guys to really make a name for himself. I, I hope to see him down in mobile for the senior bowl. You know, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And this quarterback class is going to be a ton of fun for watch. You know, uh, to attack Vailoa, I mean, I think he's going to be, obviously, we expect great things from him. Jacob Easton's going to get a chance to play for Washington. Fromm down at Georgia. Fields at Ohio State. I'll throw Jordan Love, the kid at Utah State, mm. has an absolute cannon. It's going to be a fun class. And like so many other years, there will be somebody that emerges that we're not talking about right now that is going to make a name for themselves over the next couple of months. It's going to be another fun QB class to talk about. Yeah, very cool. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Herbert's reasoning for staying in school was they Oregon recruited his brother. They wanted to spend yep. a year together. So, yeah, mean, his brother's a tight end. He's going to get a chance to throw to his brother, perhaps. And he, he's a, great a, reason for he's a smart <laughs> right. kid. I, I think he wanted to finish his degree. And so, Good yeah, for you. I yeah, mean, it's look. a mature decision. It's a maturity decision. Let's face it. For a lot of these kids, you get one more chance to spend one more year in college. Look, I would... I love my life. I love my family. But, I mean, one more year in college? Doesn't sound so bad. Doesn't sound so bad. Right. Especially, look, you've got to be big man on campus. Uh, Oregon looks to be good. you got a chance to maybe play for a national title, maybe compete for a Heisman. Who would, who would say no to that? Yeah, I think you know he probably has a pretty good time roaming Oregon's yeah. campus. Uh, my hunch. Um, dude, Beautiful I have a good time. Country. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Part of the country. Of course. Right, right. I mean, I can't blame anyone. And... The money will be there. Hopefully yep. he doesn't get injured or anything like that, of course. And, you know, um, we will come back next week, Mark. This was fun. We, we, we slapped together oh, a, a show, and this was a good conversation. I mean, look, the, the, the true test of a, a daily NFL podcast is, okay, look, September or October, that's fantastic. That's easy. Yeah, right. What's your, what are your June shows going to be about? <laughs> well, I think we delivered for the listeners today. I'm Heck proud yeah. of the effort. Absolutely, brother. We will talk next week. Folks, I just got a text from Mike Sando. He's able to go tomorrow, so the normal schedule. And if there's anybody you want me to bring on Friday, throw that out there. If it's from the Locked On Network, from outside the network, any suggestions, drop me a tweet, and I will do my best to make it happen. So I have no Friday plan at the moment. Over and out.